Good morning. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. To learn more about us, you can check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our podcasts and blog. We'd like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer to or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is April 16th. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Jim. How's it going today? It's going. Uh, it's going well today. Yes. Well, we had a. I want to say eventful month, but let's let's just focus on the, this. Just past week, we had a, an OPEC Plus agreement. We came into uh, Monday. Uh, why don't we start off by talking about the agreement itself and um, what you think is going to happen? Okay. That the agreement was only was only over the weekend. It seems like a month ago. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, OPEC, OPEC Plus came came to an agreement uh, with with uh, some prodding from the uh, from the U.S. And uh, you know what, Jim? I thought overall it was it was a, as good an agreement as as they could have come up with, given what the fundamentals of, of the market is and and uh, how they can balance the market or or fail to balance the market. Uh, the IEA pretty much pointed that out today uh, in its uh, in the release of its report I guess that would that was uh, that was yesterday yesterday yep. yeah given the, given the extent of the the demand declines it, it would have been impossible for uh, OPEC OPEC plus and the, the rest of the non OPEC producers to uh, to balance the market it was it just you know the, it wasn't going to happen so that, that they were able to, to come up with an agreement, I, I think, uh, will be positive down the road. No, no doubt it will be positive. Some of the numbers are, are certainly very suspect. There's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of like hopeful math involved in, in, some, of these, uh, in some of these production cuts. You know, some of these cuts are, are simply not going to happen. But nevertheless... Production is going to be cut in, in to some numbers, and uh, it's going to serve to uh, eventually uh, help to, to balance this market. Yeah, um, one of the I'm, I'm quoting from the IEA report: uh, "Never before has the oil industry come this close to testing its logistics capacity to the limit." So I guess uh, they're they're what they're what they're basically saying is that you said that the, the measures are encouraging. Uh, but they won't balance uh, the market immediately. No, they're they're not, and the market is re- the market is certainly reflecting it in uh, the pricing of of the front end of WTI and Brent relative to the backs, and and we'll we'll be talking about that, I'm sure, at length, Jim. Yeah. Um, when we start talking about these, uh, when we talk about the uh, spreads, but. To, to me, as a longtime observer of, uh, of these markets and uh, a guy who has you know, pretty much spent his career 
trying to do these balances. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've never seen numbers that, that are this far apart, not only in terms of where the, where the demand expectations are, but also where the supply expectations are. You know, I, I used to be upset if I, would, if I was off by half a million or a million barrels a day. Now, we're looking at deltas of, uh, of 10 to 20 million barrels a day on, uh, on both the supply and, and the demand side. And uh, uh, that, that certainly makes it very difficult to uh, do any type of, uh, of price forecasting. But nevertheless, we keep trying. Yes, um, we do. Yeah, we we, so, we keep we keep trying. Yeah. So the um the initial reaction on uh I guess it was we'll talk about WTI the May contract was down, but the rest of the curve was up. Particularly, you go out a few months, it was up over a dollar. So, right. So that would you know to me I said okay that's that's probably makes sense. They're going to cut back a lot. Maybe we get some demand uh, coming back uh, third quarter of the year. And, um, you know, supply does meet demand, but it's probably too late for the May contract. I mean, what, what, what was your take on that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the May, we've got all these barrels coming in in both in April and then again in, in May. So, um, you know, calendar April uh, and then again in, uh, in May. So as a result and runs crude runs are being cut. So these cut, the, the OPEC plus production cuts certainly are not going to come in or will not uh, have any effect on, on, the, uh, on the spot month. Now, as supplies come in, crude supplies come in and demand for crude in, in terms of uh, run cuts goes down, obviously stocks are going to, stocks are going to build. Crude stocks are going to build, and the spread between the front month and the back month is uh, going to widen out. And we saw that. We saw that last week. We saw that early this week. We saw the, the front, the May-June, get out to over $7 a barrel, which indicates that there's really no storage available, uncommitted storage available in, in, uh, in Cushing. It since has rallied. But, uh, you know, the, mar- the market's telling us that uh, it's really going to be fill up, filled up in the mid-continent. You know, I think we said in our last podcast we were, we were expecting uh, it, it to be filled in, in May and certainly latest June. Yeah, we, we, uh, well, we see a plus uh, 19 million barrel number in crude oil this week in the weekly numbers and the, uh, Cushing up uh, 5 million. So you're, are you saying that? storage has got in Cushing say he's got maybe four weeks, month, month and a half before they're filled to the brim. So is that what you're saying? Uh, that's what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. Four to six weeks will be, will be uh, filled to the brim at, uh, at Cushing. Now there, there still looks like there's some storage available in the, in the Gulf coast pad one and pad five, there's storage, but it, you know, it doesn't matter that much. So yeah, and we're seeing that in some of the, if you look at some of the grades, the contango on the grades, the, the carry on, on some of the grades like uh, LLS or um, Houston is, is not quite as wide as, as where it is on uh, WTI. So there, there is there's storage along the uh, Gulf Coast, but that's going to get filled too. 
Yeah, and that's where the uh, the government uh, has offered what twenty million barrels of storage, something like that. In, yeah, in, in the, the, in, right. the, in the Gulf Coast area. Right, right. Well. The government is, is the the, uh, the government's offering uh, strategic reserve storage in the salt caverns along the Gulf Coast, which is, I, I think, a great idea, Jim. Yeah, right. I do too. I think they should have done that. They should be, they should be do that do that on a regular basis if they can, if there's demand for it. But um, I just want to point out that on Tuesday we saw some massive liquidation of the uh, spread options. Some people have been buying uh, deep out of the money puts on the May-June spread only to see them go deep into the money. So they started with a minus four strike all the way down to the minus 650 strike. And on Tuesday, uh, we saw about uh, almost uh, 14,000 lots of open interest decline. So that's a big number for the spread options. I mean, it, it's, not, it's not the only thing going on. It's also possible they're buying, uh, when these things go deep in the money, they, they want to get out. They don't like the bid offer spread. They're so deep in the money, they can buy the spread against it. They can buy the May-June spread futures. So that could be why uh, we've seen a little bit of a bounce in the spread. And then the, the last piece of that is today, is the um, WTI, the May option uh, expiration. And those puts have gone in the money. The absolute prices, flat price has gone down sharply. If you're, if you're long a put, like if you're a producer, there's no rush for you to get out. You just let it keep going. You know, if you're short the put, you probably covered it in some way already. So they're, they're sitting out there. You know, they, they probably, if, you, if you're deep in the money, you're probably going to buy futures against it. And um, that might be what's giving may a little strength right now because the fundamentals, as you just mentioned, don't point to any help on the way for the May contract, right? No, for the May contract, which is going off next week, but even, you know, for the June contract also. Yeah. So uh, it, yeah. It's not, there's nothing on the horizon for either May or June that, that's, you know, particularly that in the near term yes. is, is going to change the um, the essence, the supply and demand for uh, crude at, at Cushing, or even even you know the Gulf Coast is going to get full because or close to full because all these long haul imports are going to be are going to be arriving all these all these uh, Saudi barrels which were sent in uh, you know sent in March you know they're arriving in uh, they're arriving in April and in, into May. And, you know, they're going to keep coming until, you know, in June, they'll, they'll start abating. But, you know, yeah. and we don't need them. I mean, no. we obviously, we clearly do not need them. You yeah. know, we're, we're already seeing a huge decline in, in crude runs. And, um, you know, and we're going to continue you know, crude runs. And that gets, you know, we'll talk about the product balances. We still haven't reduced crude runs enough to balance the product markets. Mm. So, you know, what crude runs are, basically a demand for crude. And, you know, they continue, they continue to go down. Yes. We yeah, had, sorry about that. That's okay. We saw a, uh, almost a million, was it almost a million barrel drop this week from the uh, weekly numbers? We're at 126 12.7 now? Yeah. Uh, um, crude runs have fallen off the table. And it, it does not look as though 
you know, they're, they're not going to start coming back until, you know, June or July at the, at the, uh, at the earliest, which is why, you know, my, our numbers are look, look like, you know, we're still, still seeing rising crude stocks uh, right through uh, June and, into, and possibly into, uh, into July. Uh, and that's with production, you know, production declining pretty dramatically. You know, what, what the EIA has is that production get, is down from earlier in the year, 12.7 million barrels a day, down to 11.8 by the end of the second quarter. And, I, you know, I think that's, that's certainly feasible. Could be lower than that. Yeah, that is, uh, they're running out of places to, there's no demand, there's no places to put it. We'll start seeing uh, ships in, in the Gulf, not offloading, but trading the, the curve. As long as that, yeah, you know, floating storage, right? Yeah, the you can just, find a, if you can find a ship and make the the economics work. Um, so um, we're, I guess the the we want to know what, what month does it turn around, and we're probably going to get, uh, you know, it's probably get more information about what month is is going to stop uh, going down by listening to Dr. Fauci. Rather than some, yeah. some of the numbers, right? <laughs> when he says yeah. it's okay I, I, to gas- open up the economy. Right. Well, gasoline demand is – gasoline's a real problem, Jim. It's a, it's a real problem because we're already uh, nearing we're, – we're 260-some-odd bar- million barrels of, uh, of gasoline. And uh, it, it looks to me like – you know the government has 273 as as the store as the um, shell storage number. I think it's probably closer to 280, 285. I, I think by the end of May or into June, it's possible we get there. Mm. Uh, which is again, you know, how do you crank? You can't crank the crude runs up if your gasoline storage is full. And, and exports aren't going to bail you out. No. I nope. mean, uh, yeah, exports are not going to bail you out whatsoever. The only thing, what's going to bail you out is that you reduce crude runs enough to, you know, at least try to balance the market, but then you build crude stocks. Right. So it, it's, you know, it, it's really a dilemma. It's a, a you know, it's a really tough dilemma for the uh, refiners who are facing horrendous margins, uh, horrendous margins as it is. You know, I remember uh, we were trying, everybody, everybody was trying to get uh, Exxon's uh, futures business and they, you know, they'd said they didn't, they never hedged because they were internally hedged. They had all this refining, they had petrochemicals, they had oil production and natural gas production all around the world. And, um, you know, so if so if oil prices were going down, their margins were going up. You know, if if maybe uh, natural gas would be doing better than crude, but this time, it's there's there's no place to hide. It's like your your all of your assets are correlated, and they're and they're not doing so good. No, right? there, there's no way there's no way out of at least in the near term. As we right. move forward, right. these production, those long haul barrels won't be coming here. You know, they're, they're, the Saudis are uh, focused on on Asia, rightly so. So that production will decline. We'll see what the Texas Railroad Commission 
decides that they've been under pressure to um, cut Texas production by a million barrels a day. You know, we'll, we'll see if that happens. But the market itself, I think, is going to is going to take care of uh, you know a lot of the, a lot of this um, excess U.S. production, given where the given where the demand is. Right. You'd, you'd kind of want. I mean, that's kind of you want the market to uh, do its do its work. You know, you know, the the higher cost producers stop producing first. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, yep. Go ahead. The the again. Uh, that could be by the end of the year. That could that could be a million and you know a million and a half barrels a day, out of uh, you know out of out of the U.S. balances, and that you know that certainly will help, you yeah. know, and maybe yeah. it'll be two million by uh, you know by first quarter. Right. Bef- uh, before we talk about the uh, snapback potential, I just let's let's talk about products for a second. Um, you know, I was looking at the uh, weekly uh, DOE numbers, um, uh, stock levels. Uh, it's a, it's a, on their site this week in petroleum. They got some really nice uh, charts there. And if you look at uh, crude oil, obviously moving stock levels are moving sharply higher. Not quite. Uh, they're they're approaching the, the sort of the five year top of the range. Gasoline, however, has blown through. As you mentioned, it's a problem blown through the top of the five-year range. But uh, diesel, even though it was a hefty increase uh, this, this past week, is still sitting at that bottom part of the, um, of the, of the uh, five-year average range. But the prices are acting, you know, gasoline's been gaining on diesel recently. What's what's going on there? That is a excellent question, Jim, because the gasoline crack, has really has rallied like has rallied ten dollars this week from way negative or over the last couple of weeks. Uh, of course, it was negative, right? And uh, you know now it's moved into uh, into positive territory, and uh, it, it's really unclear unclear why, unless you know the market's telling us that uh, refiners have have cut back enough on gasoline or, or demand is, is not as bad as we think, although I, I can't imagine that the demand is, is any better than what the EIA is, uh, is reporting. And again, we're, we're actually we're looking for gasoline stocks to continue to build. Now, diesel was a, was a bright light because trucking demand, at least during March and into early April, was pretty good. You know, diesel demand was, was hanging in there. And as a result, the um, you know the cracks, the diesel crack, really was was pretty was strong. But now, yeah, every refiner that that possibly could is is going to try to run for uh, run for diesel. And you know maybe the crack is the gasoline cracks reflecting that. Also, we're seeing diesel production was up this last week to a wow. pretty high number. Uh, and, and it's unclear, given that given how uh, all these supply chains are completely broken, you know how how diesel demand is going to continue to stay as strong as it was in in March until the, you know until the economy opens up again. So you know we could see diesel going the other way, Jim. I mean, it, could, it could go. You know we could start seeing diesel going going south here as refiners run for uh, run for diesel. Right. Very good. So why don't we move through the year and let's talk about, you know, at some point 
we do open up the economy gradually. When, when do you have this coming into balance? The big or, problem yeah. is the imbalance in the second quarter. And, and this is, uh, you know, the IEA had us building stocks, I think something like 15 million barrels a day in the second quarter. OPEC was less. And the IEA, OPEC, I think, was only like 10 million barrels a, bit, a, a day built, which is outrageous. I mean, that's an outrageous number. You right. know, none of us have ever seen anything like that, which would indicate, you know, every nook and cranny after the second quarter is going to be filled. And I think that's going to continue into early, the early third quarter. And then it looks as though, you know, if non-OPEC production continues to, continues to be cut, and we're talking about reductions in Canada, in Norway, um, US, of, U.S., of course, Brazil, it, it, by the second half, we'll see non-OPEC production re really coming off. And I don't, I don't OPEC production, they're not going to make 9.7 nine, out, of, out of OPEC. I mean, some of, those, some of those production cuts, Nigeria, if they, if they can sell, they'll sell. Uh, Saudi, I think, will we'll cut back. But uh, UAE, Kuwait also will cut back. Iraq, they're, they're not going to make their number either unless demand for their crude is, is you know, less liftings are off because the demand is so, is so soft. But it looks to us as though in the third quarter, Things get later in the third quarter, things get a little bit more into balance. And then we have a deficit in the fourth quarter. Ours is like two to three million barrels a day. The IEA is looking at five million barrels a day. And again, it's all predicated on uh, how well, you know, how, we, how the economy bounces back uh, and how, how demand bounces back. I have it not bouncing back that that strong by fourth quarter. I think the IEA and OPEC, OPEC definitely is uh, is much more optimistic for uh, for fourth quarter demand. Yeah, and then you have all this uh, stock overhang that you have to start liquidating. So that, yeah, know. let's talk about that. So here we are. Our you know stocks globally will be full. And this deficit, it's 2 million, 3 million barrels a day. Well, we just built by 10 to 15 million barrels a day. So it's going to take a long time to work off the, these, uh, the surplus. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be into, it might be into next year or, you know, second half of next year before we get inventories back anywhere near normal. Mm. Yeah, it's, you know, I was talking to you about this. Um, it's different when you're looking at the uh, stock market where you're buying a financial, like let's say you're buying a stock, some stock and it, you know, you're, you're looking at, you're kind of discounting future earnings. And in, in futures, it's, it's different because you have, uh, it's, they're, they're contracts, you're trading contracts and, and they go off the board. So you buy, you know, you buy May and all this good stuff from, OPEC cutting back can't help May because it's not going to kick in till second half of the year where we get more right. balance, right? And so you have to be careful, you know, what actually you buy. And, and you think about all that money that went into the U.S. oil uh, stock, that's basically futures rolling. So they're not only did they, did the market, 
the flat price come down, but now you have these steeply market and can tango. So you're lose every time you roll, you're losing, uh, you're losing money. So it's, it's just, just have to be careful on where, you know, if you're bullish, what, how do you, uh, how you play this thing? You right. Know, how, you, do you, how do you describe your, uh, your bullishness? The market, the market will recover. It's just, you know, when, when and how, and I yeah. think it's a long, you know, it's a, it's a long slog till we, you know, till we get out of this. The good news, the longer term, it's good. It's good and bad news. Obviously, is is a lot of is we're seeing cap, capex just being crushed. Right. You know, billion, you know, tens of billions of dollars. It's, I think it's sixty-five billion. Maybe it's more than that of uh, capital expenditures that won't be that won't be made, which is going to lead ultimately to a, to a longer term a longer term bullish market it's just when that cycle you know when that cycle begins yeah that's uh that's what we're all trying to figure out here i did see i looked um quickly through some of the uh, options that traded yesterday I, I did see a december 70 dollar call i didn't i didn't check it too closely but i was just looking for a kind of oddball uh things that were trading so there's a i don't know if you call them an optimist or a pessimist but Somebody who thinks that we're going to see a, a big turnaround by the end of the year, and that would be November. Those things go off in November. I saw some uh, June 2023 $41 calls and uh, Dece 2021 $39.50 calls. So uh, some people are looking, um, you know, trying to take advantage and do, doing exactly what we're, you know, you're saying there's a recovery coming when, and I don't know, you know, it looks like. They're trying to take advantage of that idea. And what else? We saw some, I uh, had some puts that traded that were uh, kind of oddball. Not oddball, but um, yeah, the, uh, June 2021, uh, $30, $45, and $50 puts. So that, that might be somebody taking, you know, a producer looking at uh, the curve, better prices in the, in the years out and just putting something on. But um, other than that, the, the, the big open interest numbers and options are still the June and D's 40, 45, 50, 55 puts, and the June and D's 50, 55, 60, 65 calls. The June 10, 15, and 20s are on the rise. You just haven't been down here long enough for those to pick up an open interest. So you will see. It's just, a, it's so odd. The volumes aren't crazy. They're, they, we, uh, we did a big number on the way down on March 9th, uh, over 500,000. But most of the time, it's between 150 and 200,000. And, you know, that's, those are good numbers. They're not, not out, you know, crazy numbers. We had a new vol um, record set on March 20th. The, the front month went, was up to 188. Oh. The second month that <laughs> I track was 153. And um, yesterday uh, we we settled June settled at one twelve so um, you know we're we're way off the highs but it's still over a hundred percent so everywhere you look in this market the numbers are just crazy I mean it's truly is an oh my god market which I have made fun of for a lot of years that people are going oh my god when the market moves I said this is nothing this is something. This is something. Oh, this is one for the books. This is I one mean, for we, the books. We, we've been in this, 
you know, at least I've been in this pretty much from the beginning of uh, of crude. Actually, even before that, I hate to heating say heating oil. Heating oil, 1978, uh, I, Andy. You know, I didn't start in '78, but close. Oh, okay, close. I thought you, I thought you uh, were uh, uh, close, but <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one for the books. Yeah. Uh, Very good. What else? Uh, what else do you want to talk well, about? Well, the, the one other thing I want to talk about, uh, and we brought this up, is um, is, is can the market go to go to zero? Yes. Uh, we came pretty close on some of these. You know, so, some of the other crudes, Canadian crude, came close. What physical gasoline came really close to going uh, to going negative in Chicago in I think the end wow. of the month or early in the month the gasoline went for 16 cents that's one six cents and I think in North Dakota today it was 14 cents it's amazing it's it's almost as if you're you know you get to the point where you're paying somebody to just take it away I thought you were gonna say it's almost like uh, what was it oil city when the oil was first discovered is that i can't remember yeah yeah the drake well as a matter of fact in the 1860s uh oil did go it did go negative people did pay to to take it there was no storage and and uh producers paid to get to get it out i think they said you can keep the barrels (laughs) yeah yeah you can keep the barrels right yeah very good yeah so um okay well we have uh we had our special uh, podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago with uh, Andy Furman. He's talking about what, what uh, hedgers are doing. So um, if you hadn't listened to that, that's still timely. And he's got a good approach to risk. And he talks to uh, all different kinds of uh, participants in the oil industry on a regular basis. And um, so it was good to get his insights. And uh, we'll, I mean, we're probably going to do another podcast in another month. Andy, yeah, if not yeah, sooner, maybe not sooner. sooner. Maybe soon, yeah, maybe two maybe weeks. Maybe sooner. There's a lot yeah. to talk about. Yes, yeah, there is. We'll try to get some guests on as well. And I'm still putting my uh, favorite uh, articles and in, in my sometimes uh, – I'm not too snarky, I have to say. Uh, more snarky in person than I am on the blog. But there's there's stuff going up on the blog on a regular basis, um, and that's at uh, commodityresearchgroup.com. And anything else, Andy? No, I think we, we- – Covered a we covered a lot, and uh, okay. there's there's certainly a lot to cover. Sounds good. Okay, so we'll catch you uh, the next time. This is uh, commodityresearchgroup.com. <laughs>